So we have been doing a series on prayer, and we've covered a couple different things. We've talked about praise in our prayer life, praising God, learning to specifically do things, uh, to talk to God while we're talking to God, praising Him. Uh, we've talked about petition, petition or asking for what we need. Things in our life, our daily bread, as we go to God, He knows the things we need, but we've learned that prayer is much more about us growing, right, than God knowing what we need, right? He already knows, but it's us that has to learn, us that has to grow. We have to do the growing. Uh, and we've also learned about adoration, which is sort of a offshoot talked a lot about nature, talked a lot about uh, putting our hearts in and understanding and seeing God's uh, creation and God's people around us and the gifts that God gives us and just adoring God, learning to be very um, thankful and thoughtful about God. Okay, so there's time for prayer with those things. And today we're going to talk about something called intercession. Intercession or interceding in our prayer. So yesterday morning, uh, we all got up with the intention to go down to our property, get some work done because we're going to host a crew of teenagers next weekend. So we had to get it all ready, get a bunch of things done and set for our, our youth retreat next weekend. And uh, I brought Josiah down, and Amy and uh, the rest of the kids stayed home for a little bit, and they were headed down shortly. Uh, we're always trying to gather up a bunch of stuff and get everything ready and get down there. And Jacob was already down there helping. Uh, he came over, and he was working on different things. We had planned some games, and we had all kinds of cleanup to do. But it was one of those kind of off mornings, just one of those things... I didn't really know as we were getting some things ready. I began to get some things ready, and the air just wasn't right. Couldn't tell you exactly why. Couldn't tell you what was going on. It just seemed more tense than it should have been. And it across my mind for a moment came a thought. And it was a fleeting thought. Came through. And I said, in, in my mind, I said, Jacob's standing right there working on a task. I should go pray with him. I'm not sure what's up, but I should go pray with him. Well, I didn't listen to my thought, and I got into what I was doing. And it wasn't too much longer, a couple of moments later, that I got a phone call from one of my children. And she told me right away, uh, our oldest uh, child was having a seizure right then and there. And so I listened over the phone and we talked through it. And then I sat down with Jacob and said, we need to pray. Now, it wasn't 30 seconds, 45 seconds. It's one of those things where you just don't know. And that's what we did, right? We sat down and we prayed but there are moments and times when God might say to you, it's time. Do it. Listen to me. God knew everything that was happening everywhere. 
where we all were and all the places we were going to be. And I learned that I should have taken the moment, even though it was only seconds later that we did it, or a couple of minutes later that we actually did pray, I should have listened at that moment. I should have been obedient at that moment to the prompting and not just kind of went on with my tasks that were at hand. I should have stopped and I should have listened at that moment because the Holy Spirit prompts you oftentimes for prayer. When you get that urge, that thing, you should do this. That may just not be a fleeting thought like I thought. And maybe all the agitation of the day or whatever's happened, there may be a battle going on that you are totally unaware of. It may not be just the physical things of the, of the world happening. There may be something much deeper happening. So God says, here it is. Do it. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. As we look at this intercessory prayer and... I say it's prompted by the Holy Spirit. Prompted by the Holy Spirit. That's an important part of understanding intercession. Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Seek, look, search for God, search for the Lord in that instant. And that's what God says is, while he may be found. There are moments, there are seasons, there are sometimes months where God might be prompting you to pray for something. Someone may be on your mind. Something may be agitating you, and it may seem like it's just you wish you could get rid of this thought, this idea, this thing. But sometimes that might just be the Holy Spirit. They call him the hound of heaven because he's right on your tail sometimes, saying, hey, listen. Now's the time to pray. Right? Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane with the three closest disciples to him, his three closest friends on earth, and he says, pray, do it now, now's the time. And they fall asleep. And he come back again and pray, now's the time. And they fall asleep again, and again he comes back and finally says, ah, sleep on. See, the moment had passed. The moment had passed. But there are moments in which God calls you, seasons, like I said, they might be, they might be minutes or seconds. They might be minute, hours where you really feel something that God says, do it, an agitation even. It may be months, it may even be years where God is prompting you to think of somebody, somebody in particular that you just can't get off your mind, Right? Why does God do this, right? Do it now, right? In the season, now is the moment. Right now is the moment. 
do it now because God is at work. And what is he doing? Well, let's keep reading in the, after verse 6. Uh, we'll start with 6 again. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abund abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. God says, I will prompt you for somebody. Now, each of you know different people. You have a different circle of people than I know. We happen to intersect in this place here. But you know people I don't know. And I know people you don't know. But none of that is by mistake. It is all on purpose that God has connected you into different people in life. And he's done it because he's got something for you to do. There are needs... And there are needs that you may never know about, right? But he has a way to know all those things and to reach out to you to say, think about this person. And don't just let the, the, the mind, the thoughts, fleet from your mind. Go to prayer in them. Intercede on that person's behalf. Why should I intercede? Because you don't know what God is doing. You have no idea. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think like you. I'm trying to teach you to think like me. But you'll never get all of that, right? You'll get little tiny bits. And what is it that they need? What are those people? What do they need? Right in that verse... After 6 and 7, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found, right? Search after him. Seek after him. The moment is now because, he says, there are many people that need mercy. Many people. They need mercy. Sometimes that's you and me that need mercy. Sometimes that's you and me. But sometimes that's the person that works next to you. Or a person in your family. A person in the grocery store. Somebody that you knew 20 years ago. Why do those people cross your mind? Well, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something, do it. Bring them to God in prayer and say, I don't even know why I'm thinking about these people. But they may be in great need. They may be on the verge of something. I had some seasons in my life where I struggled greatly with my faith. What I believed, making good choices, not making good choices. And there was a time where I worked for a totally different place than I work for now. And I had a boss. We worked closely together on a lot of different things. And I thought to myself during that whole season, what a waste of what I did there. Because my struggles were so 
difficult for me. And it seems like I lost focus and so many things that happened to me during that time frame. And finally, the time came to a close and I left that place and I kept in touch with my boss. Probably two months after I left, I was talking to him on the phone and he answered the phone. I called him, he answered the phone and he picked it up and said, I got good news. And I thought to myself, well, he must have made some money or he must have done something. Just, you know, I don't know what he was up to. And he says, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And there are two people that I want to thank. And one of them is you. And I thought, well, I guess you really don't know what God is doing. Even in your most times where you struggle the most, God's thoughts are not your thoughts. He does not think like you. Sometimes when we think we've failed in the greatest way, God says, that's just what I wanted. And there's another person watching. And there's another person listening. And as you struggle greatly, there may be somebody else that has the same weakness you have. And they might be listening and watching And if you can turn to God, even in the time when you say, I don't even know what to think about any of this, but I keep trying to go back, God can do mighty things. And I had prayed for him. As I think back, I don't know that my prayers were good. I don't know that they were specific. I don't know so many things about it. But God was doing something, and God says, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use your greatest trials and your greatest struggles and your greatest failures. And I'm going to pick them up and make something out of them. Now that's God thinking, not me. Right? Because I wouldn't have thought that. I look for my greatest victories and say, hey, everybody should be great. Everybody should, good, should learn from that. And God's, no, 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 no. We've got other ways to do things. Right? You just don't know what God is doing And who needs mercy? So when God brings someone to your mind or in your life, intercede on their behalf. Intercede for them. That means get in front of, ask for. I think of interceding as literally, I'm going to stand in the gap. This person does not have what they need, and I've got to go because I know somebody that can get it. And so go to God and ask for them. And sometimes you don't know anything more than their name or even just their face. But God may prompt you for something. You have a job to do. Ask him. Do whatever it is that you need to do in that person's life. And that is interceding on their behalf. Having a prayer for intercession because you do not know and you underestimate the power that God is working and how much God is working in your life and around your life. If you think God is doing nothing, then you just don't understand because God has so much more that he's at. Let's go to James chapter 5 as we look a little deeper into this. What is this intercession? 
James chapter 5. Verse number 16 is where we'll start. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right, so it starts out with confessing your faults. I'm not perfect. You need to be able to say that to people in your life. Your husband, your wife, your friend that you've wronged. Parents need to be able to say it to their children sometimes. Your church family, your extended family, people at work. You need to be able to say, I'm sorry, I did this wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I was a real jerk. You can say that. Because sometimes we are. Do that, he says, and then pray for one another. Right? Pray for one another. That is intercession. To understand and to care about that person next to you enough to say, I'm going to bring you before the throne of God. I don't know what you need. I don't know where you're struggling or where you're hurting. Or maybe you do know some specific things that they need. Sometimes it will be a long journey to get there. Sometimes years that you pray for something. And God may not seem to be answering, but he never told you to quit. Sometimes it will be short and quick. So, well, as you read that, you read that verse and it makes me feel pretty small, right? Here it is. Confess your faults to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual means to be intentional, effective, and powerful. Fervent means with intensity and heart without giving up. And of course, righteousness. Well, how are we doing? I'm not feeling effectual or fervent or righteous very often. Probably righteous the least most of my life. Is God ever going to hear me? Is he ever going to hear me? I'm not feeling very intense sometimes when I pray. I'm not feeling very fervent like I'm on fire and I've got great burdens for people. And I'm not feeling very righteous. But God's promise in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God says, you've got to hunger. you just got to have a hunger for it. You don't have to come to me perfect. You've got to hunger for it, and I will fill you with righteousness. You've got to be thirsty for it. You want to want to do the right thing, and come to me, and I will change you. So are you dry? Well, go to God and be filled. Go to God and be filled. Verse 17 says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained on the earth, uh, it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. 
And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So for an example, he said, Elijah, Elijah was just like you and me. He had like passions, it said. In other words, he had faults, like you and me. And he was able to go to God, and I don't know whether it took him 10 minutes to pray this prayer or 10 years. He may have been praying under the most terrible regime that ever ruled Israel for 10 years before God answered the prayer. I don't know. doesn't say. But that last one, God says, okay, I'm going to stop the rain for three and a half years. And all of a sudden, he prayed again. And God brought it back. But God, he had to pray again and again and again. It showed you that. He prayed and prayed and prayed until little tiny clouds came up the size of a man's hand. And he says, watch out, God's coming. All right? God says, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So know this. If you feel inadequate, it is not a reason not to pray. If you feel like you're not righteous enough, if you feel like you're not passionate enough, it is not a reason not to pray. God says, come and pray. And if you feel like, oh, what I would say would be so elementary. Just, there, there's nothing to what I say. I don't have the words to say. God does not care. He doesn't care about your words. He wants you to come to him and ask. He wants you to come to him and have a burden for the people around you and say, I need you. Let's finish up with Romans chapter 8 as we see what God promises us. Romans chapter 8. And this is a most important verse to understand. And when we feel inadequate, what God will do for us. Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, or our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we feel inadequate, God is up there saying, keep praying. And the Holy Spirit takes your words and brings them right before the throne of God and says things amongst the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that cannot be even spoken out loud. They cannot be understood hardly by us. God communicates because he looks for all those things. In fact, it says he collects the prayers of the saints in a bowl. He finds them precious. He wants you to speak to him. Take those moments. Take the opportunities. Take the time. Know that God doesn't care the words you say specifically. He's not looking for you to be flowery with your words. He's looking for you to have heart to reach out to care about that next person. That he prompts you to say, there's the moment, there's the time, there's the person. They have a need and you don't even know what it is. But I do. Ask for them. Put yourself there. They may need mercy. They may need forgiveness. They may need help. They may need healing. Pray for each other, he says. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does a lot of good. We've seen those things over time here. It's a serious thing. God says, do it. 
you'll get return on those things. Reach out. You don't know who needs mercy. You don't know who prayed for you and who interceded for you to bring you to this point. You don't know. Someone may have been prompted years ago to pray for you. And you may never know until you stand in heaven. But do those things and reach out for those people who need it. That's intercessory prayer. Thank you very much. Have a good day.